Hello there, everyone. My name's Andrew. And I'm Cassie. And this is the Culips English Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to Simplified Speech, which is the Culips series that features clear, natural, and easy to understand English conversations about interesting topics. Today, I'm joined by my co host, Cassie. Hey there, Cassie. What's up? Hey, Andrew. Hey, listeners. I'm doing well, and it's great to be here today. So, Cassie, today we're going to talk about one of the best toys, dare I say, ever. Best toys ever. Because we're going to talk about Nintendo. And I guess more specifically, the Nintendo Switch. You know, there's lots of different versions and lots of different kinds of Nintendo consoles, but today we'll try and talk about the Switch. And Cassie, I have a quick question for you right off the bat. Do you agree with my statement that Nintendo is one of the best toys ever? Yeah, it's one of the most innovative and exciting, and it's always constantly changing, which I think is pretty cool.、Mm. Cassie, what was your favorite toy as a kid when you were growing up? Honestly, probably my Game Boy Advance, which was <laughs> one of the earlier iterations of Nintendo. I loved my Nintendo. I had an original Nintendo Entertainment System, Super Nintendo, Nintendo 64, Game Boy. I was big into Nintendo, but I would probably say that Lego was my favorite toy. Anyways, it's a toss up. I loved both of them, Nintendo and Lego. But today we're going to focus on Nintendo and we'll get to our conversation in just a moment. But before we get started, I want to remind all of our listeners about the study guide and the interactive transcript for this episode. And in fact, everyone, we make study guides and transcripts for all of our regular episodes. They're designed and created by our team of expert English teachers to help you build your English skills. And reach your English learning goals faster than ever. And as a QOPS member, you'll also get some really amazing bonuses like invitations to our monthly live streams, full access to our members only series, which is called the Fluency Files, and more. To become a member, just visit QOPS.com and sign up. Now, at the start of every episode, we also like to give a shout out to one of our listeners who has left us a review. And a five star rating on Apple Podcasts or many other different podcast platforms. And today we're going to give a shout out to one of our listeners from Taiwan, who unfortunately I can't properly shout out because their name was written in Chinese characters. And embarrassingly enough, I can't read Chinese characters. Cassie, it was actually funny. I copy pasted the name. From Apple Podcasts into Google Translate to try and figure out what the username was. And it said something like, This username has already been chosen. That would be funny if that is the literal translation. It might be a joke. <laughs> yeah, it could be a joke. I'm not sure. But, anyways, a listener from Taiwan left us this review. And the review is great. So let's share it here today. Cassie, would you do the honors? Could you read the review for us? Sure. So the review says, I've been listening to Qlips for years. I enjoy listening to every episode. Every topic is interesting and helpful. The most appealing is Andrew's perfect voice. It's very clear and his tone is gentle. Very easy for English listeners to understand. And I like you guys sharing everything you encountered in Korea, Thailand, and anywhere else you traveled. Really appreciate your hard work. 
big support from Taiwan. Cassie, listeners can't see me right now, but I'm beat red. I'm embarrassed from this review. (laughs) (laughs) It's too nice. It's too kind. So thank you so much, listener from Taiwan, for those kind words about the podcast and about my voice and Cassie's stories as well. Your Thailand stories, Cassie. (laughs) Let's not forget that. Anyways, thank you to everyone out there who has been supporting us with reviews and ratings on your favorite podcast platform. Please keep them coming. And who knows, maybe one day in the future, we'll feature you at the start of an upcoming Culips episode. And now let's move on to our main topic of conversation for today, which is talking about the Nintendo Switch and playing Nintendo. Cassie, you brought this topic up to me. You suggested it because you've been playing a little Nintendo Switch lately. Is that correct? Yeah, I've been meaning to bite the bullet and buy the Nintendo Switch for at least two years. But I kept going back and forth. Will I really use it? Is it worth the money? I'm not a big gamer. Should I buy it? Should I not? And finally, I did. (laughs) It's so funny and I'm laughing over here because I am exactly the same way. I guess I haven't bitten the bullet yet. I haven't made the decision to buy a Nintendo Switch, but I've been mulling it over here for probably the same amount of time as you have, Cassie, for at least two years. And even recently, I was at a big box store here in Korea and I went to their electronics section And I was looking at the Nintendo Switches and all the games that are displayed behind the glass. And it really reminded me of when I was a kid because I would do the same thing when I was a kid. I would go and look at the Nintendo games and I was just like, oh, I want to buy one so bad. And there were some Nintendo Switch catalogs at the store that you could take home with you. And they were beautiful, like big, glossy catalogs. And there was one that was Mario themed and one which was Zelda themed. And so I took them home and I put them on my kitchen table. And for like maybe the last two or three weeks, this is just a recent story, by the way. And like for the last two or three weeks, I've been paging through them every time I'm sitting at the kitchen table. And I just noticed now that I'm thinking about it, that they've disappeared off the table. I think my wife maybe put them away or threw them out because she was probably tired of me talking about buying a Nintendo Switch literally every time we sat down to have a meal together. So yeah, I know where you're coming from because I'm kind of in that situation now. But let's get back to your story. You bit the bullet and you finally bought the Switch. Yeah, one reason why we decided to do it now is that my husband and I, when we hang out, you know, we love to play sports together and we used to watch TV shows and movies together. But I don't know if it's just a lack of options on Netflix or if we just have different tastes, but we don't really like watching TV shows together anymore. We'll watch our own shows. So we needed a new thing that we could do. And we also wanted something that was one, cooperative, and two, that we could use in either language. Sometimes it's fun for us to do something in English together, and sometimes it's fun for us to do something in Korean together. And the Switch is really cool because it's one of those video game consoles that is not locked to a specific country. Listeners who are big gamers probably know, but a lot of consoles, their games are locked to a specific region. So that means 
that if you buy a game in Japan, you can really only play it there and you can't play it in the US. But Switch games are unlocked, so they are compatible all around the world and you can switch the languages super easily. So sometimes we'll play games in English and I'll get super frustrated. Or no, my husband will get super frustrated. And then sometimes we'll play games in Korean and I'll get a little flustered. But we have so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So what game have you been playing? I really love this game called Overcooked. Overcooked. Okay. Sounds intriguing. And I have to say, I'm not too familiar with the Switch catalog. So you might have to break this game down for me and for some of our listeners. Overcooked is a co-op game, which stands for cooperative, meaning you have to work together to play it. And you pick your own little character and they're chefs. And then you get placed in this virtual kitchen and you have to prepare some food in a chaotic, crazy environment with things flying at you and fire popping up in random places in the kitchen in a certain time limit. It's hilarious and super frustrating. <laughs> super frustrating? How is it frustrating? Like it's just difficult to complete the level in the amount of time or something like that? It is, but you really have to delegate roles properly if you want to get things smoothly running in the kitchen. So you might be like trying to mix something and you're like telling your partner, no, don't do that. Go put this in the oven or get it out of there before it burns. And oh, it's so funny. <laughs> that could be frustrating because it's a co-op game, right? So you're working together with a partner. In this case, I'm assuming your husband. And, you know, if your partner is dropping the ball, sometimes that can be frustrating, right? And dropping the ball just means not doing the job properly or as well as he should be doing. Yeah, I feel like this kind of game could destroy relationships, but it could also really help you grow and work through conflicts together. I also played Switch recently. It's kind of funny. I don't know. Maybe these two things are connected that I've been wanting to buy a Switch and that I also had an opportunity to play a Switch recently. But yeah, this is kind of funny story. So one of my friends got married and, you know, when people in Korea get married before the wedding, they often invite you out to like have a lunch or a dinner together and just to hang out before the wedding happens. And so because my friend was getting married, she invited me out for lunch and she brought her fiancé around. I mean, they're married now, so now it's her husband, but at the time he was the fiancé. And we also went with a couple of other friends and I didn't bring my wife. My wife was traveling at the time, so I was solo. And I guess the fiancé, I had never met him before and I don't really know, but I think maybe in the back of his mind, he thought, oh, this might be a little bit awkward meeting a foreigner. You know, like a lot of Korean people in this situation maybe get a little bit nervous. They're not really sure if I can speak Korean. They're not really confident in their own English speaking abilities. And so for whatever reason, I'm not sure, he brought his Nintendo Switch along. So almost, you know, like, a couple of minutes after I met him for the first time, he was like, I brought my Nintendo Switch. <laughs> and I was like, dope, that's awesome. Like, we should play later. But I was kind of like, you know, just joking. I'm like, we're not really going to end up playing Nintendo Switch after our lunch today, are we? But, you know, I said that because I am a Nintendo fan. And 
He was really stoked and pumped up. As soon as he heard that, he was like, yeah, we got to play Nintendo. So we ate lunch. And then afterwards, he was like, let's play Nintendo. Let's do it. And so one of my other friends said, okay, let's go back to our apartment and we can play Nintendo there. So the five of us, we all went back to our other friend's apartment and we hooked up the Nintendo and we ended up playing like all afternoon. We played Nintendo for like probably three hours. Oh, that's so fun. What kind of games did you guys play? Yeah, so some unique games, like ones that I had never played before. For example, the first game we played was this kind of drumming game. And Cassie, you know those games like here in Korea, it's called Pump. And in Canada, North America, there's a similar game called Dance Dance Revolution. Yeah, I don't know Pump, but I know Dance Dance Revolution. Okay, so like the idea of the game is like a rhythm matching game. You have to dance to the colored squares that are going across the screen and you have to hit the dance movement in rhythm with uh, graphics on the screen. Well, this game is the same idea, but instead of dancing, you're holding the two parts of the Switch controller and you actually have to drum. You have to hit a drum in rhythm with what's shown on the screen. So that was fun and it was competitive. Like everybody would be drumming to the same song, but your score would be different depending on how accurate you were. So it was kind of funny. We kind of looked crazy, I think, drumming. (laughs) Fake drum sets. (laughs) Fake drumming. Yeah, it wasn't even a drum set. It was like, I want to say it was a Japanese style drum. It's kind of like some Asian style drum. Wasn't Korean style. So I have a feeling it was a Japanese game with a Japanese drum, but really cool. And, you know, I thought, oh, I'm going to be good at this because I play drums and I like music and I think that I have a good sense of rhythm but it was harder than I was anticipating. But yeah, it was still fun. And after that, we played Mario Kart, which was a blast. I hadn't played Mario Kart in so, so long. But the amazing thing about Mario Kart for the Switch is that the controller configuration is exactly the same as it's always been. So I used to play Mario Kart way back in the day on Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64, and I don't even want to guess about how many hours I've logged playing that game. Did you still have all the skills, or did you win a lot? Yeah, that's the amazing thing. I beat everybody. (laughs) I was so good at Mario Kart right from the start because everything was exactly the same. And Cassie, we call this muscle memory, right? It's like when your body can remember how to do something. My hands just remembered exactly how to move the controller to play really, really well. So that was fun. Andrew, I am the same way. We also have Mario Kart. And my husband always asks me, he's like, how are you so good at this game? And I was like, you don't understand. Since we've been together, I haven't played this much. But when I was young, this was my jam. I played it all the time. I love that. This was my jam. Yeah, Mario Kart was also my jam. And Cassie, like you said, it's been a good language exercise for you and your husband to kind of switch between English and Korean in the games. When I was playing with my friends, I was the only English speaker there. So we just played in Korean. But I noticed that like, when you're playing games in that kind of situation, it's a really good language exercise, language practice, because I was speaking in a way that I don't really in other parts of my life. And I was also getting exposed to the kinds of expressions and kinds of things people say when they play video games with each other in a fun way 
that I just haven't experienced in my life. So I have a kind of reputation for being a trash talker when I play games. It's like a bad thing, probably. But I love to kind of rub it in people's faces a little bit and to brag like, ah, I'm the winner. Ha ha ha. But I've never tried doing that in Korean before. So it was kind of fun to experiment and to try it out. I don't know if I was too accurate, but I seem to be annoying enough. <laughs> so I think it worked. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed that with some of my students, you know, they're high schoolers, they love video games. And I have a couple of students who are ELL, which stands for English Language Learners, which means their English level is lower than a lot of their classmates. But sometimes they pull out these super slangy natural phrases. And I go, dude, where'd you learn that? And they go, uh, playing Roblox or some other video game. And I was like, huh, yeah, it's a good way to learn. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. So listeners out there, if you do have some friends who are English speakers, why don't you invite them to play video games with you? I think it could be a really fun and kind of, you know, relaxed place to practice your English speaking. I know that some online game environments can be like really toxic, actually. <laughs> Maybe that's more for online gaming. But if you're hanging out with your buddies and just having fun, then yeah, give it a chance. I think it could be really cool. Cassie, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about your Switch adventure? I can say for anyone who's feeling like one, it might be a waste of money or two, it might take up too much of your time. I had both of those concerns, but after buying it, I can say, honestly, don't even remember the money leaving my wallet. So it's like I didn't even spend money, right, Andrew? <laughs> and two, you know, I like playing these games, but again, I'm not a big gamer. So will I play this every day? No, but I play a couple of hours a week and I feel like that's worth it. And we can use the Switch for years to come. So even though it's a couple of years old, I read a bunch of articles that was saying that Nintendo is planning to keep this product and this uh, Switch platform alive for like many years to come. So still a really cool investment. So Cassie, I know you're a big reader. And one of the things that I'm worried about if I buy a Switch is that I'll sit in bed at night and play it before I go to bed. Because that's the cool thing about Switch, actually, is that it can work as a console that you can connect to your TV or you can use it as a handheld. So have you had any nights where you're just lying in bed playing Switch instead of reading a book? Honestly, no, I love books more than the Switch, so that's not been an issue for me, but it might be an issue for others. Final question, Cassie, is are you playing any games that are like longer games, like an RPG or an adventure game, or are you just kind of playing these fun, shorter co-op games with your husband? That's a good question. Yeah, I haven't bought anything too big like Zelda, which I heard is a really amazing game. But I have bought one game called Professor Layton something something. It's a series of games. And I played Professor Layton on Nintendo DS a few years ago. This is the newest version for Switch. Again, those of you who might not like super big complicated games, Professor Layton is so cool. It's a super cutesy puzzle story game that has little animations throughout the game and you just go around talking to people and trying to 
solve a mystery by solving various logic puzzles. So it's working my brain and letting me play simple, fun game without high stakes or like needing to push a million buttons at once. Button mashing. <laughs> yeah, I'm not good at those kind of games. Well, Cassie, thank you for telling us about the Nintendo adventure that you've been on for the last little while. And I hope that I embark on my own Nintendo adventure sometime soon. But for now, everyone, I think that will bring us to the end of this episode. So thank you for tuning in and studying with us today. And we hope that you found this episode useful for improving your English skills, your English fluency. And please remember that this episode was made free for everyone around the world to listen to because of our awesome member community. Qlips is member supported. Without our members, Qlips wouldn't exist. So just as a way to say thank you to all of our supporters and our members, Cassie and I are going to keep our conversation going for just a little while longer in the ad-free version of this episode. Now, as a Qlips member, you can easily access the ad-free version just by logging into your account and navigating to the dashboard. So if you are a Qlips member listening to this episode right now, go, go, log into the dashboard so you can get your free bonus content. And if you're not already a member, consider joining to gain access to all of our helpful study guides and transcripts, fun bonuses, and support the work we do at Qlips. You could also support us by following us on Instagram or YouTube, telling your friends who are learning English to check Qlips out, or by leaving us a five-star rating and a positive review on your favorite podcast app. And also don't forget, we are on Discord and the link to join our Discord for free, of course, is in the description for this episode. So we'll be back soon with another brand new episode, everyone, and we'll talk to you then. Bye.